You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Hi, good morning. Alex Ruggieri here. Thanks for joining us. We have got a wonderful show lined up for you, starting right out with Tegan O'Brien. He is the Art uh, Marketing and Outreach Manager for The Land Connection. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Alex. Yes, I am very excited about having you because I am really juiced about... The land connection. <laughs> I have learned a little bit about what you guys do, and I immediately thought, oh boy, we need <laughs> to shine a light on this, get you guys on the show, get the word out, because it's really kind of cool stuff. Now, I, I don't expect you to know chapter and verse of everything from the beginning of time, but tell us, what is the land connection all about? So the land connection is all about creating a healthy and resilient food system here in Champaign County and in central Illinois. And we do that through uh, two main avenues, locally with our farmer's market, which focuses on food access, SNAP benefits, and bringing local farmers and local food into the community. And then through our farmer training program, which trains farmers in resilient and restorative farming techniques so that they can deal with uh, risk more effectively and become more profitable farms and businesses in central Illinois and across the state. Wow, that was a mouthful. So we're, <laughs> I'm going to, let's parse that out. That's fine. Okay, <laughs> and start out with, okay, first of all, you mentioned uh, the farmer's market. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. All right. How does that fit in and, and what is that all about? So five years ago, uh, the farmer's market was started with some help from central, or the now, where Park. is this farmer's market? The farmer's market is in downtown Champaign. Okay. It's in the parking lot outside of Cofusion and the Orpheum Theater, parking lot M. Good. That will soon become the new Champaign Plaza. I think they're calling it Hill Street Plaza, maybe. Okay. Um, but the farmer's market is there on Tuesdays from 3.30 to 6.30. Uh, it starts on May 14th this year and will go through the end of October. It's a rain or shine market. Mm -hmm. uh, or... <laughs> Well, we also deal with a lot of wind out there. <laughs> yeah. Rain <laughs> downtown Champagne. Neither snow nor rain will <laughs> exactly. stop the farmer's market. So, um, but it, we are in our fifth season, and the primary focus of the market is to address the very large food desert that exists in North Champagne. Uh, there really is not an um, accessible grocery store in that area. So getting local fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, grains, herbs, et cetera, to families in that community is very difficult. Um, sometimes the easiest access is a like a Walgreens or a, like a convenience store attached to a gas station. That's the closest access Yuck. a lot of those families have. So Those wonderful places, don't <laughs> yeah. get me wrong, but that's not where you want to do your primary no, food shopping. That's that's not, you don't want your kids to Good for convenience to know, and, yeah. you know, and all that, but. You don't want your kids to have access to chips all the time. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the farmer's market was started to really deal with uh, the issue of those the food desert and local food access. And also there wasn't a farmer's market in Champaign. There was just the Urbana market and there wasn't a weekday market. So we're trying to bring uh, local food, local farmers in contact with people who work downtown, people who live in North Champaign, people who don't get to the Urbana market on Saturdays because maybe they work all day. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to address a lot of the issues with local food and access to it. So the, the land connection um, is a not-for-profit. That is correct. So how, what does your funding model look like? 
So our funding model uh, is composed of sponsorships for our individual parts like the farmer's market, our farmer training workshops, our organic grain conference, our Midwest Mechanical Weed Control Field Day, and then our uh, fundraising events like uh, Blooms or Bust, which is our spring fundraiser, and that's actually happening next Thursday at 25 o'clock from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Tickets are $25, so if anyone's interested, they should check it out. Good. Uh, and our Artisan Cup and Fork Chef Competition fundraiser in the fall, which will be September 21st this year. So it's a mix of fundraisers, sponsorships, donations, and grants. A majority of our funding comes from grants. Uh, combination of... Do they come from state or federal? State, federal, and foundation. Wow. So a combination of their... So do you, as their marketing and outreach manager, have to write um, for grant proposals? I have. Uh Um, Our executive director, uh, Jacqueline Evers, oversees all of the grant writing, and if there's... um, I've met her, yes. Yes, if there's uh, knowledge or um, programmatic expertise that I need to write about for the grant project to be successful, I will mm-hmm. submit that. And do you, do you, are you successful getting grants? Uh, I am two for two. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's 100%. <laughs> Yay. Um, Way to we, go. we have a fairly good track record with grants. We've actually been awarded um, at least once pretty much all of the major federal grants for ag and farmer's market uh, mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And... Um, <clears throat> How many employees there? Uh, we currently have four full-time employees and one uh, part-time employee. And where do you office? We office in the Robeson building uh, at wow. 206 North Randolph. So you're right downtown where it's we all happening. Are. How cool. Uh, would the land connection have a stake in trying to attract uh, a more permanent? I mean, I would never want the, the farmer's market ever go away. In fact, if anything, I would want it to continue to grow mm-hmm. and be a place of community where people can come and be together and get access to all those wonderful things you're doing now mm-hmm. and make it even bigger and better. Um, so that's not the point, purpose of my question, but I'm just curious, would you be, would you be helpful or would you want someone to try and bring a more permanent solution like a grocery store or, you know, a Whole Foods or something. I mean, obviously, we'd all love Whole Foods, but the, our market is probably too teeny tiny for them. Uh, but uh, would would that be something you'd want to see happen? I, I think anything that addresses food insecurity in any area is a benefit. So I absolutely would want to see um, a grocery store in North Champaign or a small cooperative market, or even some of the local grocery stores or co-ops to do um, mobile stores. Uh, there are other cities that have started to do converted buses that have fresh produce, uh, bulk grains, etc., and actually drive around to food desert areas so that since they can't attract uh, like a box store, a brick and mortar store, some of the other local businesses will actually bring the produce to the communities that need it. You know, what's interesting to me, and I've heard, you know, I'm in real estate and uh, I'm in commercial real estate, so I'm involved Mm -hmm. in economic development in many communities, not just Champaign. But um, so I've heard the term, you know, food desert before, Mm -hmm. but it's usually been something that has been applied in urban areas like up in Chicago Mm -hmm. or Gary, Indiana or whatever. Um, It's unusual to hear 
Champagne talked about in the context of being a food desert um, is I mean is that something where the land connection just kind of came together be, to solve this issue or was it just really a strong strong need people just said hey you know we don't have any food over here I, I, I mean how did you kind of come to believe that downtown Champaign was a food desert so it's not so much that downtown Champaign is a food desert. It's the north side of north Champaign. Side. So um, it, it starts at downtown Champaign. So the federal definition of a food desert is within a mile okay. of a grocery store. So, so if you have no grocery store within a mile. Yes. In a, that's in a, a technically urban area. Yes. In an urban area. Yes. Okay. So this would be considered if you're solely dealing with urban versus rural. This okay. would be considered an urban area. All right. So if you look at urban areas, all right, the closest grocery store to downtown is what? The Meyer store? Or There's what? going to be the Schnooks that's out on Mattis or Harvest Market or the County Market Boy, that's both, in Campus They're town. all a long way from here. Yeah. And do any of the grocery chains, do they uh, understand that, hey, maybe there's a niche here? Maybe there's a, a, a place that we could f fill the void. There, uh, there definitely is understanding that there is not one there. At least my understanding is that mm -hmm. the communities have been asking for one. A lot of what the community ends up hearing is there's not enough money in it for mm -hmm. a store to actually invest in the construction. Some, I mean, I was getting kind of excited about, I had heard, now I'm going back several years mm -hmm. but but you if you've been around five years as the land connection you would know this story that the co-op was going to come down which i thought was a fantastic idea yeah what happened there because they they have a fantastic thing over in urbana going i i honestly just think the deal sort of um flopped, huh? flopped. Mm -hmm. they were looking at that space literally just to the uh northeast of where we hold the market right uh, which would have been a Corner. great location it would have been an absolutely amazing location and i just think the deal hmm. just crumbled hmm. too bad too bad so is there any at all is there any momentum from from them to try to to find another location or to come down here my understanding is no hmm. i think they are looking at more options to expand their reach they have considered looking into sort of the mobile market option mogul with mobile like, oh mobile yeah yeah that's a good idea so they're they're looking at ways that they can actually reach uh, a greater percentage of the community without having the investment brick and, and brick and mortar you know mm -hmm. brick and mortar because yeah, that's really expensive yeah yeah, but they just do such a great job. I love going oh, yeah. over there, and, and uh, they're just wonderful. And, see, I've been in the community, oh, I mean, forever. I mean, I went to high school here, and I uh, was born in Champaign County. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, I remember when they were just in the basement of, you know, the old church mm -hmm. there on campus, and they've really, really grown that uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so this is great stuff. I mean, really uh, need to talk about all of this, and uh, I think it's wonderful the land connection has come together. Um, you know, I remember uh, talking to somebody. I'm in the real estate business, as I said, and somebody was talking about, ah, you know, we have a, we have a lot of turnover, uh, you know, in our business and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, I said, well, who do you have working on that? And, uh, you know, the answer was, you know what? We don't have anybody working on that. But <laughs> to know that the land connection's working on yes. this is really great because uh, that puts us uh, 
way, way ahead in uh, many, many communities because uh, we've got people who care and people who are active and engaged. Yeah. And that's wonderful in the land connection. So it is now time for our uh, first commercial break, which we want to do for our sponsor's sake. However, uh, I would like to, when we come back, I want to talk about your farmer training program you said so much in your first (laughs) first sentence i mean we covered the whole show so can we do that that would be great all right fantastic we are talking to tegan o'brien from the land connection do not go away we'll be right back after this word You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Alex Ruggieri here. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we have been talking with Tegan O'Brien from the Land Connection. And I am very excited to have him here because there are all kinds of issues that um, they care about and that they're doing something about, which benefits all of us in the community uh, as it relates to food, uh, and farmers and fun <laughs> because the the uh, uh, you know the uh, uh, farmers market is a lot of fun. If anybody goes to that, you'll know what I'm talking about. So we talked about so many things. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about uh, uh, you know food deserts and how they're defined and how you you know the uh, farmers market kind of addresses that uh, issue. Uh, and uh, we talked about uh, land, and we also talked about farmers. And you have a training program for farmers to help them with sustainable techniques and all of that. Maybe we could dip into that a little bit. Oh, of course. So uh, the current keystone of our farmer training program is our Central Illinois Farm Beginnings Program. Uh, it is actually currently being, uh, I guess you could say, rejuvenated we're looking to actually offer some of the coursework online one of the problems that we were having is uh having 10 saturdays out of your fall and winter gobbled up by a course that you might not even live near the location of where the course was taking place Mm -hmm. can be difficult for someone who's trying to get into farming Mm -hmm. so we're looking to do a lot of the coursework online uh, sort of seeing how that would play out. And so hopefully we'll be bringing I love the that course idea. back in the fall or uh, next year. I love that idea. So what kinds of things would you teach in the course? So the course covers uh, better business practices, financial management, um, sort of marketing skills, books, how to basically the sort of back-end stuff of running a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the main part of the course revolves around getting paired with a mentor who is in the same farming field that you're looking to get into. Ooh, what a great idea. Yeah. So, and there, the Central Illinois region has a huge number of mentor farmers who are willing to share their wealth and knowledge with mm-hmm. new farmers. Mm-hmm. So really uh, getting them involved uh, and getting them on a farm for a farm season. So that would be basically February through the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allows them to really get a sense of what operating a small scale or medium scale farm is like for an entire season. Mm-hmm. And then they come back, write a report, and can go out and really see if they they even want to do it on their mm-hmm. own. Some farmers 
take the course and they're like, I'm not sure this is for me. Mm-hmm. I just want to do this as a sort of a side hustle, mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. gig. Um, mm-hmm. So it allows farmers to dip their toes in, mm-hmm. really get immersed in it, and then decide if they actually want to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Some farmers decide that they they actually just want to help another farmer like mm-hmm. become a manager or farmhand and sort of invest more time in helping an established farmer really make a better product and get better market share. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm you know curious because, I mean, like we live on five acres out in the country, mm-hmm. and I've always had these fantasies. I mean, when we first moved out there, I had a huge garden, and I had chickens and all that, and, uh, uh, you know, even had honeybees and mm-hmm. everything. I still have all that stuff. But I don't do it anymore because I've just been too busy. It's just you have to be there. Yeah. You know? But I think in would be fun, you know, to do something in retirement. And I've had all kinds of ideas that, you know, because I can get a little bit more land, too, if I need it, uh, to do some small-scale farming uh, that would dovetail into these trends, these strong trends of Mm farm-to-table and fresh and and, uh, uh, low-carbon footprint kind of, you know, get it to your local market and not have to bring it up from Mexico exactly. on a truck or something. <laughs> and um, I just wonder if there's ideas like that for a small-scale farmer, uh, you know, to do whether they're growing strawberries or you pick kind of a thing. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I had this idea of, you know, doing like mushrooms, you know, growing mushrooms because, you know, that's kind of a high-dollar uh, product mm-hmm. and it's not that hard to grow. And, you know... Just different things, you know, and I mean, is there uh, any programs like that for people? Absolutely. Uh, The Farm Beginnings is really just a very small portion of what we do. This uh, currently we're heavily involved in diversified farming for specialty crop growers. So specialty crops are anything besides grain, meat, eggs. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So this there are some really great local examples of permaculture and uh, agroforestry. I don't uh, even know what those <laughs> two words mean. So that's a type of farming. Permaculture. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, becoming very popular. It involves um, perennial trees and shrubs in various formations with uh, low-lying grasses between them. Um, so they're sort of in these spaced out rows about 10 feet apart, and they're uh, contoured to the, the earth and then they allow pigs, chickens, and cattle to graze between them in rotation. Hmm. And so it allows you to grow multiple kinds of crops, have dairy, have That's called beef. permaculture. It's called agroforestry. Oh, agroforestry. Yeah. Right. And then um, they'll grow specialty crops and grains in small sections around that. So that's we have two field days coming up with Saturn Farm and Vulcan Farm over mm-hmm. in uh, Sydney. And that's what they do over there, and it's an amazing operation. That's what a lot of small-scale farmers are looking towards to to really better their soil, um, farm regeneratively, not just sustainably, but actually regenerate the the amazing uh, power of the soil. Because in this area, we have some of the best soil in the world, but with commodity crop farming, it's been so degraded. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's a study that came out recently out of the UK that most of the soil in the world only has 60 harvests left before it can no longer produce enough food to mm-hmm. feed the world. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, I mean, we're talking about climate change. That's and five years. But <laughs> yes. So basically, we've got 30 to 60 years in many cases mm-hmm. uh, for a one-year crop harvest mm-hmm. 
before the soil degrades to the point that it can't be used mm -hmm. in many cases. So mm -hmm. trying well, to trying to by do then more. we'll be doing hydroponics <laughs> in outer space. But, you know, um, I it's interesting because uh, and I don't want to get too far off the subject here, but I listened to a TED talk the, uh, just the other day when they were talking about um, working with um, certain I don't want to say DNA, but but yeah, it was DNA, uh, and and working on uh, ways to uh, create uh, certain uh, food products would be an example. For instance, right now we grow soybeans to you know we have to have a big field and, and we get meal out of that and we get uh, fiber out of that and we get uh, oil out mm -hmm. of that you know and all of that. And um, they were talking about you know with the the right kind of uh, uh, DNA inserted into the bacteria or whatever you could grow in a vat, you know, like the size of this room, you could you could generate enough oil mm -hmm. that usually came from a hundred acre field, you know, mm -hmm. and so in the future, we might solve some some of those problems that way. But I think the best answer is this. Uh, you know, agroforestry answer, you know, where you're replenishing the soil and yeah. using techniques. Uh, I, I saw that, um, I'm sure everybody did, um, uh, special uh, a couple of years ago they did on um, public television about the uh, Dust Bowl. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you could just see, I mean, basically they did that. Mm -hmm. They created that environmental disaster uh, which became a huge economic catastrophe. Mm -hmm. uh, and they did that because of poor farming techniques yep. and poor economics and just being, you know, greedy about, you know, the more land you had, the more you could do. And, you know, the more you did, you know, the better. And, you know, the heck with, you know, anything else. Just keep planting. And yeah. it just turned into a, you talk about a desert. I mean, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so I think we've learned from that. And I think um, so many farmers, uh, uh, as I grew up in, in this farming community, I've seen people do uh, all kinds of techniques that are way, way different than they used to when I was a kid. But that's just the beginning of yeah. what we need to do. It's just scratching the surface yeah. of what we need to do to, to not only have sustainable, but like you say, regeneration of the yeah. soil. Yeah, one of the one of the things we work on a lot with uh, local farmers, uh, specifically uh, grains, is how to diversify uh, grain production to include things like oats or ryegrass or just ways to spread out the typical corn and soy, so that you're giving longer rest periods and you're implementing cover crops so that there's actually vegetation on the soil all year round and you're keeping those nutrients in the soil and turning it under mm -hmm. and compressing it. And that's one thing that even the federal government is trying to give, um, or at least the state and working with the federal government is trying to give subsidies to farmers to try and create more cover crop acreage in Illinois and across the Midwest. Mm -hmm. um, because, it, I mean, when you think about it, when you drive down any highway around here uh, in the middle of winter, it's just barren land. Oh, that's it. There's no reason why there couldn't be a crop on there and maybe a crop that would even make the farmer extra money. Why mm -hmm. not try and get a little bit more out of your land if you mm -hmm. can, or at least protect your land. Right, right. When you're at not least using it. At least protect it, right. Yeah. Well, um, We've got just about a minute or two left. Uh, let's talk about the farmer's market. Oh, yeah. 
and tell us about what people will encounter. It's on Tuesdays. It starts at 3.30 yep. and goes until 6.30. 6.30. And what, what are people going to see there? What are they going to encounter? And when does it start again? So it starts May 14th. Okay, great. Um, and it runs through the end of October. And okay. this season we've got um, vegetable produce. We've got coffee locally roasted coffee. We actually will have Ruder bison, and um, they oh, will be really? selling bison, uh, chicken, pork. Is We've that Tyson bison? No, that's <laughs> Tyson chicken. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, we haven't had a meat producer at the market before, so now um, a lot of the programming we do offers double and triple SNAP benefits. So for people who are on link or the old cool. food stamps, they'll now actually be able to get double benefits and use that to buy locally raised meat and cool. eggs. So that's a big step for us. We've got Huge. a lot of other producers. We've got bread, we've got cakes, we've got, uh, I could go on and on and I'm blanking right now, but yeah. there's there's a lot of great producers. There's also a lot of great kids activities. Um, we're gonna be doing having the master gardeners and master horticulturalists out there with uh, some plant sales on the third fourth weekend in May, no, third Tuesday in May, sorry. And um, that'll be really cool because you'll be able to buy plant starts and then they'll teach you what you need to do to actually keep them alive and have them produce the best produce they can throughout the summer. Fantastic. We have been talking with Tegan O'Brien. He is the marketing and outreach manager for the Land Connection. We are so lucky to have you guys Doing your job. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here, and uh, maybe we'll have you back on later in the season. You can tell us how it's going. <laughs> that would be great. Wonderful. Thank you, and please don't go away. Much more right after this word from our sponsor. And we're back. You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Alex Ruggieri here. I have Adam Wiz here with me, who is a cooking coach and a personal cook. Welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, I love the outfit. Too. Thank you. Uh, I, breakfast, life, and dinner. I like that. I love the name. Uh, I came up with it uh, spur of the moment. It just struck me as exactly what I wanted to encapsulate for the business is, um, you know, every day we're eating. Every day we are, you know, I hope, cooking. Living, right. uh, But yeah, but every day you're living your life with food. And I want to make sure that people have the confidence in the kitchen to, to have a home cooking lifestyle if that's what they want. Yeah. Amen. I love it. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, breakfast, life, and uh, dinner just kind of rolls off the tongue, you know. It, right. It's just good stuff. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, all of the things you're doing. You, you do you, – you act as a coach for people. How does that work? So I go into people's homes and I teach them uh, cooking lessons. And uh, usually it's about a particular cuisine. Uh, if somebody wants to learn Thai food or uh, tomorrow I'm doing a crepes class for a couple of couples. Um, and Or it's about a, you know, a meal dietary style, like somebody's starting a Whole30 and they want to find out more about that sort of cooking. Um, or it's a technique where it's roasting vegetables and doing a stuff a pork tenderloin, but uh, they design the menu. Um, I come in for a two-hour period, or if you're really into it, like I am, we can do a five-hour feast class. Cool. Um, and we might make everything from scratch. From the like, I do an Italian feast where we make cheese from scratch. 
we make the pasta dough, uh, we roll the raviolis, we make the bread, we make a couple of sauces, and at the end of the uh, evening, you have a feast to share with you and your friends. Oh my goodness, that sounds like such a fun time. I love my job. Yeah, that is so cool. And people do that, uh, I mean, that sounds like it would be a fun way to have an, uh, a dinner party. Yeah, so you create your own dinner party. Um, you could, you know, uh, you could do two or three people cooking and then invite more people over, or you could have eight people and we could figure out all the different tasks for people to, you know, and then everybody sits down together. It's just, I help them design an evening uh, that's really satisfying for them. And whether it's, you know, I did kids uh, making um, pasta for the first time last week, and then it's an adult's class for crepes, and then one of my most requested classes is rolling sushi. Um, and so, you know, you make sushi at home mm. and you think to yourself, wow, this is something that I can do anytime I want. Wow. And um, so I love that, the giving people that confidence to try new things or to experiment with an old favorite or to just keep learning on the path that they're on. Neat. Yeah. Now, tell me about how did you get started in all this? Well, uh, I've been cooking my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. I've been cooking for more than 40 years. Uh, and uh, just since I was a kid, I think Julia Child said, uh, of course I cook. I eat. <laughs> so I just I've, I, it's, it's odd to me uh, when I meet people who say they don't cook or can't cook. And, you know, I'll ask somebody, uh, uh, you know, they say they can't cook. I'm like, well, what did you have for dinner last night? And they say, well, you know, I broiled some chicken and saw, you know, I steamed some broccoli in the microwave and I made some rice in the rice cooker. I'm like, yeah, you that's cooked. cooking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's all you get. That's 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 cooking. So yeah. um, I'm trying to tell people that um, uh, the cooking that you do is perfectly fine. There's more to learn. There's always more to learn on any topic. Absolutely. But so for me, I'm on this journey of, you know, there's so much to learn. There's, there's a whole, literally a whole world of cultures out there. Um, I think my second cookbook is going to be Breakfasts Around the World. Neat. Because there's just so much to see and to do and to learn, even in that one little topic of, you know, the first meal of the day is how do we, you know, over time, what did we eat? Where, where did that food come from? You know, why did we choose that particular meal? Um, how did we end up with strawberry French stuffed French toast? You know, um, all that's fascinating to me. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, there's so much interest uh, from people in food and in, I think, in culture and the two uh, just go hand in hand. Absolutely. I mean, because every culture has a certain diet or they have certain favorites, uh, right. you know, that come out of uh, their history. And uh, that sounds like a great yeah. project. So, and, you know, food is life. Um, yeah. And we have all those cultural touchstones. Um, and it's not an accident that first dates are meals and that mm. power meetings are over mm. coffee and brec you know, or breakfast, brunch, or, you know. And, you know, you meet your friends for coffee. I mean, we circle our lives around breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, hence the name. Uh, but uh, it's also a chance for uh, people to, you know, reach out and to experience, you know, well, what is it like to have a Japanese tea uh, ceremony? You know, why is it done that way and not this way? You know, and just uh, I, I just uh, that's thrilling to me, the historical and the cultural and the yeah. and the food. Love yeah. the food. Well, yeah, we just got back. We were I had to go to the International Real Estate Conference in Con France. 
And so we were in France for a week. And then since we were over there, uh, my wife flew over and we stayed a week in, um, we, w- we took a week and went to Italy. I saw those pictures. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the food, I mean, it was just, Absolutely. when we got to Italy, I, I, um, we went to this small town with my great, great, great grandfather emigrated from a little town called Etri, about two hours south of Rome. And, uh, a cousin that I had not talked to in 20, 25 years found out we were coming and um, he, uh, oh, he was so excited, you know, he was going to meet us there. So uh, we got there and everything and then he's like, uh, oh, so what are you going to do? And I go, well, we want to take you out to dinner. You know, we want to go out to dinner and, you know, everybody's hungry. We've been traveling all day. That's not what we do here. And I go, really? What is it? You come to my house That's right. and we're going to cook you dinner. And I looked at my wife. She looked at me and I'm like, we're starving. We don't want to wait three hours for him to cook us dinner. And, you know, and he says, and I'm going to go to the market and get what we need. I'm like, come on, you know. Well, anyway, we went and he took me to this market that was, I mean, it was just blow your socks off. It was a, just a little local store mm. and they had the little like, uh, you know, case where they had the meats and the cheeses, but they had all this stuff and it was just so old world and so amazing right. and the quality of the foodstuffs and things that we got were just incredible. Then we go over to his place, it's just a little uh, simple apartment and uh, his uh, partner there, she whips together this thing. I mean, we were eating in 20 minutes, but I mean, they had, you but know, then you're probably eating for three hours. Yeah, yeah right. we were there three hours. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, I mean, and they had the wine and I mean, I don't drink wine, but they had, you know, wine of their own make. They had uh, olive oil that they had made. They had, uh, you know, they made this pasta and I mean, it was, and they gave us spaghetti, but it wasn't like any spaghetti I mean, it didn't have marinara sauce on it. It, it, it had, right. you know, he had he had walked along uh, the path or whatever and gotten wild asparagus, and it was that was in there and nice. olive oil and just, I mean, it was just amazing. See, and, and, and I love all that. I love that story. And and I think to myself, all of those things are available right here in Champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday there was a wild foods foraging class at the co-op in Urbana. You're kidding. Uh, I kid you not. How Um, cool. Yeah, and then, you know, the farmer's market is starting, not this weekend, but next weekend in Urbana. It's the outdoors farmer's market. um, Because the indoor farmer's market has been going all winter. But, you know, all of that experience is available to us. We think that we have to go be a tourist. Yeah, to we got to be in of, Italy or right? something, but no. But we don't because we have that everywhere you look. Uh, Champaign-Urbana is a food mecca mm-hmm. um, in the central Illinois area. And, you know, so I see it with those eyes. I have that. That's the experience that I have on a Sunday here in Champaign-Urbana um, because I can draw in all of those different experiences and I know where all those things are and you know yeah um, so uh, I, uh, I love that you had that experience and I think that you could replicate that you know let's see a Saturday you know in two weeks at the farmers market and we'll pick out some great produce yeah. and, and some great breads and we'll go home and you know yeah. have the three-hour meal what so, an amazing thing wouldn't yeah. that be cool what yeah. a, what an incredible incredible idea and so that's what I bring to people is you know if they if they say well I want to have an experience of uh, you know how do I make a, a brunch for my family that's you know impressive and beautiful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know and so that's what we do is we design a menu and 
pick a time and just I come in and and help. And, you know, you put your hands on the food, and I just I I'm a coach and how I do walk you do you it? Do you charge by the hour, or do you charge by the meal, or so I, I charge by the event. Okay. Um, so I have the I have one hour classes, which are pretty much demo, mm-hmm. um, and they are either forty five or sixty dollars for the hour, mm-hmm. depending on what we're doing. And then I have um, the two hour classes, uh, which is one hundred and sixty, and then the five hour classes, which depends on the menu. Uh, and I'm I'm doing what I'm calling the blaze of glory discount. I have 98 days left in Champaign-Urbana. That's right. Um, so I'm taking 15% off mm-hmm. uh, uh, anybody's first two meal services or classes uh, because I just want to be working every day. So I'm busy this week. I'm busy next week. But the week after that, you know, or the week after that, uh, give me a call and uh, let's figure out an adventure for you to have before I take off for uh, other venues. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Ah, we have to wonderful. do that. Uh, yeah, I want to do that, and uh, well, I just have to figure it if, when I can fit it in because right. I'm leaving for Mexico on Wednesday, and I'm going to be gone for a week, and then I have to be in. I'm home for a week, and then I'm in D.C. for a week. Yeah. But we have 90 days, so we'll fit That's it in. Right. That's we right. We will definitely fit it in. Well, I hope so. How cool is this? Uh, so, what are the other kinds of things that people need to be thinking about when they're thinking about food, or or what you can help them with? Well, I. Um, I, I have an app uh, that I designed. Yeah, um, let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, I think that's a fun way for people to touch base with food. Is uh, what I did is I designed an app around the national food holidays. So, uh, for example, uh, today is National Zucchini Bread Day. Right. Happy <laughs> na- Happy National Zucchini Bread Day. You know, so maybe you want to make like zucchini, zucchini bread, bread, right? But Saturday is Prime Rib Day. Ooh. So I'm going to make some prime rib and share it with my family. And then I can take a picture with the app and share it to the different social media and just get some comments from different people and say, you know, here's how I did it. You know, and that's, that's one of the things I really encourage people to think about is uh, one of my favorite quotes from a chef who taught a class that I took was there are as many ways to roast a chicken as there are grandmothers. Because right? <laughs> everybody's going to do it I a little bit it. different. I right? love it. And so people say to me, well, what is the recipe for stuffed mushrooms? And I say, well, you get mushrooms and then you get something to stuff them with. <laughs> and that's the recipe. That's the starting point of where your creativity should be unleashed. Yeah, right? Yeah. So what do you want? Do you want crab stuff, sausage stuff? Do you want it to have, you know, do you want a vegan? Do you want a non-vegan? I mean, so you can just design something that, you know, and you can look through the Google, you know, recipes and you can look through your family's favorites and I've got hundreds of cookbooks and, you know, I can flip through them and get some ideas, but then I'm going to go into the kitchen and I'm going to open the fridge and one of the, my passions is uh, f- uh, avoiding food waste. So if you can go into the kitchen and open the fridge and say, what are the three things that I need to use right now? Uh, the, how do those fit into those stuffed mm, mushrooms? I like that. Because people worry about eating local, and I tell mm. them there's nothing more local than your fridge. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I like that. So if you can open your fridge and find the things that, you know, next couple of days they got to be used up, well, then let's figure out how to use them up. Yeah, yeah. So I call it fridge Tetris, where you're kind of playing the game. You know, it's a little bit of chopped. It's a little bit of, you know, I don't know what I'm going to make with these three ingredients, but I'm going to figure it out. I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the things I, I think is a tragedy, and, and, and I'm as guilty as anybody, in America, we throw a lot of food away. My understanding is 40% of food waste in America in Western uh, uh, societies is post-consumer. 
Yeah. So it's the food that you and I bring home from the restaurant and then don't eat. Mm-hmm. It's the food that we, you know, we buy a bag of carrots and that one's kind of weird looking, so I'm not going to eat that one carrot, you know. Or it's the bread that, you know, has been sitting around. Well, you know, if it's a little stale, it's not bad. It's just ready to be made into stuffing or, or into a strata or, or French toast or, you know. Yeah. Right. So that's, I, I agree with you 100%. That's going to be a big passion of mine over the coming years. Yeah. Um, is I love that. How to avoid the guilt, you know, because you, you, you buy these things. You buy strawberries. You like strawberries. And then for some reason, you don't eat the strawberries, <laughs> right? So I encourage people. I I'm say, tired of throwing strawberries away because yeah. you eat one or two of them, and then you get this giant tub from Sam's in there. Right. And, you know, a week later, they start molding, and right. one goes, they all go, and, you know, like, man, I paid eight bucks for that. Right. And so not and only I ate three strawberries. Th- right. And so, you know, so turn them into a jam or turn them into a sauce or, you know, yeah. eat strawberries for breakfast and have them for dessert at lunch and then make a meat sauce uh, for, you know, pork uh, with yeah, strawberries yeah. at dinner. And just when you have uh, 10 different ways to use strawberries in your head, you never have to have that contest with Mother Nature because yeah. she's going to win every time. Oh, you know, yeah. how yeah. do I store the strawberries so they last longer? Yeah. Don't yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Eat the strawberries. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not eating the strawberries, stop buying them. Yeah. Because apparently you don't like strawberries. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's uh, that, I love it. Well, we're about out of time. How can people engage with you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, I'm pretty good at uh, the internet. So look up okay. Breakfast Life and Dinner, and you're going to find my Facebook page, my Instagram, my Pinterest, my uh, website. Um, you can call me. Uh, my number is uh, around. And uh, let's just talk. I, I really I want to work every single day and teach people confidence in the kitchen. Outstanding. Breakfast, life, and dinner. Check it out, folks. We have been talking with Adam Wiz. He is a cooking coach and personal cook. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening every Saturday. More for you next week.